This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Welcome to Three Peeps and a Podcast, the bonus show. We're back with another of our top five series that we're doing at the moment. We've done goalkeepers, we've done fullbacks, centre-backs. This week it is midfielders. But before we get into that, we'll go do a little bit of a round the table and see how people are. And also bring you up to speed with the latest goings-on at Western Super Ashton Gate. Uh, Matt is with me as always. And Matt, how are you out of ten? Let's kick off with that. Morning, Patch. Morning, everyone. Um, yeah, I'm good. I'm probably... Probably an eight, I would say, this morning. Um, had a, a decent work working week. Um, another trip to Liverpool, which is always nice, as you know. Mm. Um, and, yeah, enjoying the sunshine. A little bit too hot, if I'm honest with you. I was going to say, yeah, working from home like you do in, in that room, you, you yeah. must have a, a decent fan system going well, on. Well, I've got sort of one behind, one here, and the window here. But even that, it's, um, it's amazing how much heat one laptop can generate. I know, yeah. But, uh, yeah, can't can't really complain because... Uh, must get fresh air. Much better than that, than the... Uh, the work the ring but yeah no so i'm a good eight mate thank you good stuff yeah I, I think i'm an eight as well um feeling much better than i did last weekend that's for sure i went to a wedding yesterday which was really nice and bumped into uh a friend of joe sims who is going to be a star in the hello com which is out next week right um and that is uh yeah on itvx next week so make sure you check that out uh kira lester is her name a Bristol Bristolian actress? Um, and yeah, she's just I thought I recognize recognize you. And obviously, we went to the, the pre screening at the watershed, and uh, I had to actually text Joe and just double check that it was her before I uh, <laughs> went over and embarrassed myself. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a good night, and uh, kids enjoyed themselves, so yeah, all good. Eight out of ten. Good. Let's bring in our guest, it's uh, Northern slash Carlin Tom. <laughs> uh, how are you out of ten, mate? Um, I'm a good eight, uh, yeah. Good day, yeah. The cricket was on yesterday, so I'm looking forward got, to that again you got today. Your, uh, you got your three lines on your shirt. Yeah, I got it for Christmas a couple of years ago. My other half's been moaning at me because I've never worn it, and then I've uh, put it on for the first time today. But yeah, good day. I've been to the gym this morning, and then looking forward to doing this. I'm a little bit worried though because I can't remember who put in my top five. So <laughs> I think I think I'm going to be yeah, I think I'm going to be a little bit embarrassed who we put in and. I think some of the, well, not to show my age, I'll show your guys' age, but some of uh, some of the, um, the players who we've been talking about on previous podcasts I've, um, I've heard of, but I couldn't really tell you anything about well, them. So. It's an education yeah. for yeah. you, mate. Well, there it's we go, education. yeah. Um, Every day's a school day. How old are you, Tom? 31. Am I? 31. Yeah, 31. Okay. Yeah. So you started, following, <laughs> you started following City in... I don't know. One second. Just, hang on, everyone. He's just yeah. gone off to check He's his age. He's just checked yeah. his age. He's just checked his driving license. Gone to the safe to get the birth certificate. I can't right. remember 31 or 32. Let's, one second. Let's, um, let's Did start you have a with... big 30th pres- uh, celebration <laughs> last year? <laughs> let's start with what year did you 32. start watching? 32. Okay, right. That's, thank God we got that sorted. Yeah. Right. And what year did you start watching City? That's maybe um, what I should have asked. Oh, God. My first game I ever went to was Grimsby away with my dad. And um, I can't remember the year. I can't even remember the I want the, the Steve, Steve Torpy injury, was it? I can't remember. I remember my dad... Um, when he was in the army, he went to watch City play and he got arrested at a game. The Grimsby oh away. A bloke fell over a wall and he picked him up and then he got chucked in the back of a van for it. So he had to, oh 
I think you have to ring the his um sergeant up or whoever was in charge and <laughs> explain to him that he's in Grimsby Nick. But um I think I I went for years with my dad, but I think um Should we say ninety eight, yeah. ninety nine? Yeah, but, yeah. I think oh seven, oh eight was probably when I first started getting into city properly and then Right, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, three we minutes. The listeners will never, <laughs> never get back. Um, right. So you're a, you're a good eight out of ten as well, which is fantastic. We'll start off with um, our update on what's going on at Bristol City. But before I ask Matt and Tom about their thoughts about Hayden Roberts, I'm gonna once again, by the power of um, previous interviews, I'm gonna play an interview with the Rams Talk podcast that I did. It's only a five or six minutes one about Hayden Roberts, and we also talk about another possibility as well. Three peeps in the podcast. Okay, so after last week's podcast and getting uh, Glenn on from the Red Tinted Glasses podcast to talk about Ross McCrory, this week I am joined by Jake from the Rams Talk podcast to talk about Hayden Roberts. Jake, how are you? I'm very good, thank you, Patch. How are you, mate? Yeah, not bad, not bad at all. Buoyed by three sign-ins coming through the door and maybe a couple more to follow. But uh, let's talk about Hayden Roberts. I think he played at least 40 times for you guys um, for Derby County last season. Uh, tell us a, a bit about him, where you've seen him play and the type of style of player he is. Roberts is an interesting player because I don't know how much people know about Derby's season last season, but he was brought in by a manager at the time, Liam Rossini, uh, as a left-back. Uh, and that surprised quite a lot of Derby fans because he pretty much only played at centre-back for almost all of his career. He'd only had a couple of appearances as a full-back. Um, and he came in and he played left-back. And um, at the start, he struggled a little bit. Um, I think he, he looked a little bit out of place. I think you could tell he was a centre-back that was playing in another position um, because defensively, solid. You know, he's he's good in the air. He's strong. Um, he reads players' movements quite well. There aren't many players that could get past him. But going forwards was kind of his big weakness, I thought. Um, he's he's Obviously, he's a centre-back. He's not rapid. Um, but he's a, he's a good player. And I think throughout the season, when Paul Warren came in, he didn't fancy him at all. And we played a few games with a back three and he played on the left side of a back three. And I think that was probably his strongest position, to be honest. Well, we played all sorts of formations last season. Um, three, five, two, four, two, three, one uh, seems to be how we finished. But as a centre-back then at five foot nine, according to Wikipedia, um, Hayden Roberts, is that is that right or...? He's, I'm sure he's taller than that. Mm, okay. <laughs> that can't be right. They've got their tape. They haven't got their tape measures out on Wikipedia, clearly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, obviously, he doesn't. So, so you strike you as a as a small centre back then. So, no, I, I think he's sort of the perfect players having a back three. I know, obviously, left footed players at the back are quite exclusive, aren't they? So mm. when he played in the back three, he played. I remember away at MK Dons and he was brilliant and he scored as well, which sort of capped off a really good performance. And he looks so comfortable in that position. So yeah, if you're playing a back three, I can really see him playing in that position. How about if we play a, a back four and he plays left back and, and our left back sort of get forward as well? It's interesting. I think, to be honest, his final ball was quite disappointing throughout the season. Um, when you look at his stats, he could have had a lot more assists than he had. Um, he's got a good shot on him. I'm sure everyone's seen that clip by now of him pelting one in the top corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's got a decent strike on him when the ball's coming across across the box. But yeah, I think 
as I said, he, he's been a centre-back pretty much his entire career. And I think it's just trying to train those thoughts into his head of, you know, you need to get forward now. You need to make that overlap and and things like that. And he got better throughout the season. Uh, we played him as a wing-back um, towards the end of the season and he played well. You know, he, he looked so much better than he was at the start of the season. So if he keeps progressing like that, you've got a good player on your hands. Yeah, and obviously he's played England under 17s, England under 18s as well. So a good pedigree and still only 21 and he just turned 21. So, um, yeah, it's obviously got some development ahead of him as well. Uh, so that's Hayden Roberts. So we can, we've got a bit of an insight on him. And now today we've been linked to uh, Jason Knight. Yeah, Jason Knight. Um, so he's a Derby Academy youth product, came through about four years ago now. Um, we had a, a group of young players come through all at once. Uh, and to be honest, when it comes to, I guess, being known, he's probably the most obvious one. Um, he's played internationally for Ireland quite a few times now. Uh, he's got call-ups all throughout the season, despite us being in League One, uh, which shows the quality he has. Again, yeah. he's he's another young player. Um, he's probably the hardest working player I've ever seen. I know you've obviously got Andy Vyman, who you know, puts in a shift himself, but Jason Knight's on another level. Um, his energy right. is what makes him the player he is. To be honest, I know I said to you before we started recording, I'd, I'd be quite surprised if you sign him. I don't know what sort of budget you guys have, but I feel like it would take at least two, three million to take him off our hands. And Okay. Yeah. That's an interesting we, one yeah. because obviously we've got, we've got Alex Scott and the, the thought amongst most fans is that he is going to go for big money. So I wonder mm. whether they're, they're sort of spending some money now and not being held to ransom by clubs uh, mm. to, uh, to, to, you know, to say, well, you've just sold a player for 25 million. Give us a couple more. Yeah. Um, so I won't be surprised if we do make some more, some more monetary signings, but uh, just on, on Jason Knight then. So is he, I know he's a midfielder, but is he defensive attacking both box to box link up? <laughs> I wish I could answer that question, to be honest, but I'm not sure. I mean, just all over the place. <laughs> yeah. He, he started off in, as an attacking midfielder. Uh, he first came into the team under Frank Lampard in, I think, 2020. Mm. Um, and he was an attacking mid and he used to play in the hole. I don't think that's his best position. Um, he then moved out onto the wing um, under Philip Cocker. He played on the wing and he scored seven or eight goals in in probably about half a season. He was in really good form um, coming in from the left or going down the right. He's got a great cross on him. And then he went back into midfield again. Uh, <laughs> and then he went to fullback this season. And I think, to be honest, I know he's a midfielder by trade. He, he is a box-to-box midfielder. He's got that energy. Um, I don't know what happened to him this season, but in previous seasons, he's been good in front of goal. Um, and yeah, he's he played at fullback. And I think, to be honest, going forwards, fullback might be his best position because he's got the energy, he's got the delivery, he can attack, he can defend. Um, I think, yeah, fullback or wingback, maybe going forward might be his position. But at this level, he's certainly more than good enough to play in midfield. It's, a, it's interesting, isn't it? There's so many versatile players out there now that play multiple positions. And I think mm. City fans are sort of crying out for a bit of a specialist in one area that's, you yeah. know, he's definitely a centre midfielder. But I guess in the modern game, with changing formations and things, you've got to do, be able to do a bit of everything. Um, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Is, is, he a, is he a bit of a leader on the pitch as well, would you say, Jason Knight? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's the word I'd use, but okay. he's certainly a player that gives everything. I mean, every goal, every tackle, you know, every single time he can fight for a ball, he'll fight for a ball. And that's why Liam Rossini trusted him to play at fullback. We didn't sign a right back last season. 
uh, we didn't bring one in for the whole season. Right. So we had either Jason Knight or a guy called Corey Smith playing at right back. And Knight was the starter at the start of the season and he was brilliant. Um, and yeah, he's, he's tenacious. He'll fight for every ball. Um, he's like, yeah, he's like a little, little terrier. He just runs around. It, it's his energy. You know, you're on about, um, players being versatile. I think the more athleticism a player has, it, it lends them to play in multiple positions because it's easier for them. Yeah. It made me laugh when you said then a guy called Corey Smith, <laughs> Bristol City I know, I know. legend, Corey Smith, uh, scorer of the goal against Man the United <laughs> to win us. To win us that game, 196 appearances for Bristol City. How is <laughs> how have you found Corey? Smith's an interesting one because, to be honest, I, I think he's been quite underwhelming. Um, he couldn't get in our midfield all season. Um, wow. He played the majority of the time at right back. Um, and to be honest, he doesn't look quite the same player he was with you guys. I think, you know, when he was with you, I think he, he had a lot more energy. I thought he, he whenever I, we played each other, I thought he carried the ball really well and that's one of the aspects that I don't think he's really had this season. Um, he, he's well, playing he's very safe. But... Very much a central midfielder for us and someone yeah. who breaks up the play, link up the play, comes up with a few goals. Um, so, yeah, playing him right back doesn't sound right to me. Yeah, well, we in our midfield, we've had the likes of Jason Knight. We had Conor Horahan. We had Max Bird. We had Harvey White, a young lad, coming on loan as well. And I think they just had the quality. Uh, he just couldn't break into the team. And it, when he did play in midfield, you know, he looked solid. He looked decent. But the way Bird played for most of the season, he sort of played in that, that I guess, anchoring role that you'd expect to see Smith in. The way Bird played, it was almost impossible for him to get into the team. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for the insight on Hayden Roberts, uh, Jason Knight, TBC. Um, <laughs> I think, as I say, you'd be you'd be surprised if he does does go. And uh, yeah, well, hopefully Corey Smith continues his career and and has a good season for you next season. But uh, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, Jake, and uh, best of luck for the season. No worries at all. You too. So a bit of insight there, Matt, into Hayden Roberts and also into Jason Knight. Your your thoughts uh, and uh, takeaways from that interview. For me, it was about the sort of playing in a back three on the left on the left hand side, and yeah, not so good going forward. But time will tell. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, I think most of us felt that the the change to a four was the the pivotal moment of our sort of second part of the season. But we seem to be signing players that lots of current, or their, their ex-fans, I should say, see them sort of being in a three. Um, you know, McCrory has been talked about playing right of a three. I know he's been talked about playing right back as well. Um, and then similarly with, with Roberts. Um, I think probably with Roberts, there's a little bit more from a potential point of view, because he's obviously still young. Um, I... <sighs> You know, a, a three probably works if we have got bombing on wing backs who put the ball in the box mm. and can defend for both ways. We didn't have that. So so maybe we are buying the right type of a player. Um, looking at his, the, the sort of montage of his signing, um, I saw him shaking hands with Brian Tinian and he didn't look smaller than Brian Tinian. Now, I know Tin's in a six <laughs> foot four, you know, but but Tin's is, is probably 5'10", 5'11", maybe even edging six foot. So he d he doesn't look short from that point of view. Um, I guess the 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 negative from from that was 
um, that his distribution or his crossing isn't the greatest. So, you know, if we were looking at him as competition for Cam Pring, that might not be, you know, the the, the best of sort of signings, will it? Yeah, um, and, and Knight's, Knight's an interesting one. Mm. Um, I've seen lots of really positive sort of feedback on him. There was a the EFL show, um, the two yes, presenters on that. that. Yeah, that, yeah. Talk, talked really, really highly about him. Um, obviously, he's an international, so that, that will be interesting. I don't see us paying two million, not, not with what we're led to believe from a financial fair play sort of situation. And I know, obviously, the Semenya money came in, but... So that, that will be an interesting one to watch, but it's certainly an area of the pitch that we definitely need to, to concentrate on, as we've said many times. Yeah, Tom, if we do end up playing a 3-5-2, we could potentially have a whole new three with uh, Dickie in the middle, Roberts on the left, and uh, McCrory on the right of the three. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not convinced on a three, but with a new back three, it'd be interesting to see, I'm sure. But I hope we go with a four, because to be honest, I don't think I'd be... Um, convinced with him as a centre-back, just given his height. I know um, a lot of people say, well, height isn't the main thing for a centre-back, but he's, but then it's like the man, like the lad said in the uh, interview, he's not rapid. So, and he's, he's, he's not very good at putting into, well, he's, like Matt said, he's um, not led to be, he's, sorry, he's um, not led to believe that he's uh, good at putting the ball into the box. So it's, it's interesting where we'll put him. I'm, I'm hoping we play him on the left. Because for me, I like a big six foot five bruiser for a centre back. I'm not too convinced having a somewhat my height, say five eight, five nine, um, as a centre back. Yeah, we shall see. Uh, the formation will pan out, I'm sure, in the preseason friendlies, which aren't far away now. Um, obviously, Zach Viner was Players Player of the Year last season, and I, I can't see that he would be pushed out. And then we've got Rob Atkinson to come back. Still no decision yet on Thomas Callas, but you'd have thought, Matt, that's looking less and less likely as time goes on. Yeah, I was trying to think when Nathan Baker re-signed, and I think that was fairly <coughs> close to the start of the season okay. um, or, yeah, within that. So you, so you don't ever know, but, I mean, Thomas Callas is going to get offers from definitely other championship sides, and I would expect them to get offers from maybe even, you know, the likes of, say, Luton going up or... Mm. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk from German clubs. So I I would be surprised now if 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 Carlos resigns. Um and yeah, the Viner one's interesting because you know, we we wouldn't have had Zach Viner probably in our starting lineup at the start of last season. So a good preseason, a good couple of early games, you just don't ever know, do you? Um so yeah. And obviously his other interesting point was around Corey Smith. Yeah, <laughs> I'm very at, surprised. Play, play him at right back, which we would never have seen, would we? So no. Um, although I think he did play there for us, I think under Lee Johnson. Lee yeah, Johnson I was going to say, I'm sure he played right back at one point. Lee Johnson played him in a couple of sort of games where it was a bit of a masterstroke, but um, yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, before we move on, then one more thing to mention. Obviously, Tommy Conway, Scotland under-21's captain. So big congratulations to Tommy. And yeah, uh, yeah it, there was a game towards the end of the season not last season probably the season before and it was the under 21 sort of final down at Ashton Gate yeah yeah and he was captain of that team and you could you could see his leadership quality sort of shining through he was sort of head and shoulders above everybody else pointing telling people what to do and he looks Matt like he could be a, a, a captain of the future yeah I'm not going to say anything on that because of my previous captains of the future 
haven't ended well. Oh, God, so yeah. I'm not I'm not jinxing uh, my favourite player with that one. So <laughs> I'm taking the fifth there, mate. Right, Tom, <laughs> do you agree? Yeah, um, videos that he did with Alex Scott when he was in and around the training ground, just the banter in that he was having with some of the other lads, you could just tell he was really well respected for a young for a young lad. Yeah. And he's he's learning off Andy King as well, as in not not necessarily in position, but probably how to be a professional footballer, you yeah. know, in terms of how to carry yourself around the training ground and speak to Pearson and speak to other people. So yeah. I think yeah, he'd be definitely there or thereabouts. If not this season, probably the next couple of seasons easily for me. Yep. Good stuff. Right. Um, so big thanks to Jake from the Rams Talk podcast for his inputs on today's podcast. Gent Magic, your Bristol-based car body repair company. Visit us at Cribs Causeway or Central Bristol, or we can even come to you with our mobile service at your home or workplace. Have you got a scuff, scratch or dent on your vehicle? Dent Magic can fix them all. If you need the magic touch for your vehicle, visit www.dentmagic.net to get your quick quote online today. This this is the top five and it's the top five midfielders um for those who haven't listened to the previous ones we've taken about 17 people's opinions we've asked them to rank one to five their top five and everyone's done it differently they've done it on appearances some have done it on you know the fact that they they were one of their favorite players um when they started watching so it's a real mix of of, of players and it's been the past 40 years um so we've done back to 1983 as uh, as a bit of an average of of our ages, so uh, let's start with Matt. And Matt's number five made 118 appearances, 13 goals for Bristol City, and that's Bobby Hutchinson. Yeah, um, Bobby Hutch, what a player! Um, just a, a really, really good energy. Scored some really important goals, um, and was also captain um, in in various games. Um, but was probably one of the the earlier midfielders that I remember when I was really following City, um, and just just a, a you know a, a really good midfielder was good on the ball, great in the tackle, was part of that um, Wembley side. Um, so yeah, I just just really really loved Bobby Hutch, really loved him. And uh, yeah, so obviously I've watched that 1986. Bolton final, the Freight yeah. Rover, numerous times. Obviously, wasn't there, but uh, that's my sort of overriding memory of of Bobby, who played eighty four to eighty seven. Yeah, um, was he captain that day, Patch? I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah, yeah I'm sure yeah, he was. Yeah. I, I'm sure I've seen the trophy lift so many times yeah. um, that he was he was captain. But yeah, born in Glasgow, uh, obviously tough tough tackling midfielder. Turns seventy on Monday, the nineteenth oh my- of June. God, that makes me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, most people will probably be listening to this on Monday. So uh, happy birthday. Happy 70th birthday to to Bobby Hutchinson. Um, right, let's move through to Tom then. So Tom, your number five is uh, David Noble. 95 appearances, nine goals. Um, another sort of fan favourite uh, player on the pitch you could... Could yeah, I think he, some people called him Snake Hips, um, a bit like Pato, who could could weave in and out and scored some absolutely sc- absolute screamers and memorable goals. So, David Noble for you, Tom. Uh, also, I was got also I was going to say then was Crystal Palace away, the absolute screamer. Absolutely loved that goal. Again, he was just one of them players who just seemed to embody you know Bristol City. He, he was really well liked in the team. I remember the on the um, 
07 08 season they brought a dvd out and there was a um video of him on the bus and stuff and it looked like he had a few beers and i think that was yeah. the story of him so he liked a few beers but no was, i really loved him I, I loved his character more than anything else and i remember being a young kid thinking if i ever be a professional footballer i'd like to be him <laughs> yeah no he's did score some memorable goals matt obviously the palace the palace won he scored two in the last game of the season rotherham at home yes. as well yeah. Um, was that yeah, look, looking back yeah. at the statistics, though, n- nine goals. Um, I could swear he scored more than that. You would think so because of the, the goals that he did score. You know, a lot of them from outside the box. In um, as Tom says, I mean that that um, I don't. Did we do a top ten goals or top five goals? In no, this? we didn't. We, we probably didn't. we probably moments. should add one in, shouldn't we? We have moments, I suppose. So coming to that, yeah, yeah, magic moments. I'm pretty sure yeah. he comes up in that as well. I was going to say it must do because it was such a, a an amazing goal. Um, did we sign him from West Ham? Yeah, I'm not sure actually. Um, uh, Tom, but I, I know, I know he, I know he, um, he was a, a West Ham lad, but um, just just a really really cultured footballer. He was at uh, Arsenal, wasn't he? On, in the oh, it was Arsenal. There, wasn't it? it was Arsenal. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, you're right. It was Arsenal. Yeah. We signed um, him from where is it? Bristol City. We had him on loan originally. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. He started off at um, Arsenal, and we must have got yeah. him on loan from. Um, yeah, then we got him from West Ham. Yeah, and then he went on loan to Yeovil. Ah, uh, right. I knew. I thought West Ham was in there. Um, I know. I mean, he he ended up playing at Exeter, and I know he was loved at Exeter as well. But just very, very composed on the ball. Was good at sort of shielding the ball. Um, did, didn't shirk a tackle, but but wasn't in the team for that. He was just, you know, a really good passer of the ball, technically very, very good. Um, and I'm pretty sure he's, he's he may even still be playing, or if not, he's only just given up. He's, he's head he's coach managing, at St. Albans. I was going to say St. Yeah. Albans, yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, just, just a very, very good footballer patch. And as Tom said, a, a personality that just warmed, to, you know, the fans loved him. Yeah. Okay, right. Let's shift gears then to my number five player from 1991 to 1999. 262 appearances, seven goals, played in multiple positions. Um, so as we've said on the podcast the last three weeks, there's some players that hear that that sort of fall foul of the fact that they played in multiple positions and didn't stay in one. But I guess Rob Edwards did play mainly centre midfield. Um, and for me, he was a player that, that was always really consistent always knew you're going to get at least a six seven even sometimes an eight out of ten from and uh just always seemed to be ever present through the 90s and and someone who i just associated with bristol city and still comes back down now and again to see us at the in the the former players association and yeah all-round great great guy great player could tackle could pass actually put some some hard tackles in and uh i think got sent off quite a few times but uh yeah really ex- really exciting player rob edwards could do everything matt yeah i think we paid quite a bit of money for him from carlisle in my head it was over two hundred thousand, but i'm sure we paid quite a bit of money for him um and early days i wasn't so sure but then when he got into the team you could see what a good player he was very very comfortable on the ball um, and as you say, Patch played in lots of positions. You know, played sort of left hand side, in the in the back, um, but was was you know that he, he was most comfortable in a midfield sort of role. Um, I like Rob Edwards. Was was played a lot of games and and probably didn't realise it was. If you'd have asked me, I wouldn't have realised it was that length of um, time that he was here. 
Um, mm. And then went on to Preston, I think. Um, yeah, that sounds right. And played played a, a load of games for Preston as well, and was very popular there. Ended up at Exeter again, um, or say ended up, but was down at Exeter. Um, so yeah, he's, he, he must have had a hell of a career, Rob, in terms of number of games. Well, I played um, played some games for Wales, I'm sure as well. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, I think he's um, involved in the Welsh setup as well um, yeah. currently. But yeah, no, a really good player patch. Good on the ball. Could strike a ball. Could cross a ball. Um, and and yeah, like to tackle. Good stuff. Right into your number four, then Matt. And uh, this is this this is a surprise. Oh, you're me. worrying me now. <laughs> <laughs> it, but you know, I've only got I've got him in third place. But it just goes oh, right. to goes to show how many amazing midfielders we yeah. had when this this player is someone who we all cry out for that we should should have so Marvin Elliott yeah I got Marvin Elliott in four I can't believe Marvin Elliott in fourth place played for City 2007 to 2014 uh 263 appearances 28 goals and yeah everyone says we we need a Marvin Elliott type don't we at the moment it's a really good point, Patch, because absolutely is is the name that just comes up time and time again with this. Not not even just this side, with the side from the last probably five six seasons. Mm. Um, yeah, a brilliant player when he was in his pomp, um, and it was a bit of a play there because I'm sure Pompey came in for him, um, <laughs> and they were talking about some big money for him. And, and at that stage, he was as good as any midfielder that was around at the time. Was just a, a really really tough tackling but but real box to box midfielder and he seemed to just glide across the pitch there, there didn't seem to be any effort in terms of his is you know his running style and just how um just how enthusiastic he was and energetic he was but um had a couple of bad injuries with us i think kind of towards the end you stop seeing the player that he was and, and he didn't then go on to greater heights, which he should have done. You know, Marvin Elliott is a player, as I say, in his pomp, mm. should have been playing Premier League football. He was that good. It was the 2010-2011 season where he sort of reached his peak, I think, for us. 48 appearances, eight goals. And he was just up and back, up and yeah. back, setting up, scoring goals. And he must have got injured towards the end of that season um, or the beginning of the, of the next season because in the following season, he only played 28 games. Um, and yeah, at that at that point, he was unplayable as a midfielder, and 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 everyone sort of sees that, and that's a standout moment that he gets when people think of Marvin Elliott, they think of that season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, and and even uh, uh, and again, um, my, my memory fades, but you know, he was part of that um, promotion side. I think he he may have played the ball for the the Lee Trundle. Um, no, it's Bradley Orr, but I think Marvin was sort of in, involved with it. But he was part of that side as well. But just just a, a very, very good player patch. Um, you know, it, it, I think it, it was his stature in the middle of the pitch. He was one of his players. A oh, bit cool. like, yeah, a bit like Vieira, where you, you could see other players in the, the sort of tunnel looking at him thinking, bloody hell, he's a big lad, isn't he? And, and this lad can play <laughs> it as well. Um, and I'm not sure we've, we've had many players like that that... You, you go out and you just felt with Marvin Elliott, as I say, in, in that season, you just felt he would win games on his own just because of the way that he played. Yeah. Yeah, good shout. Obviously, 2007 season as well, you're alluding to there. Yeah. 51 appearances, six goals. So yeah. a good spread, a good spread of seasons. Um, and yeah, someone that we always harp back to. 
um, as a as a great Bristol City midfielder. Right, yep. um, over to you then, Tom, for your number four. He plays now in the Premier League. Uh, Josh Brownhill. I thought I'd fall a little bit higher, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, for me, Brownhill was a complete midfielder and he had an absolutely wonderful right foot on him. Um, he, he was just everything. You could, you could play him. At, you could play him. You know, in front of a back four, or you could play him in centre mid, or you can play him in that ten position. He just seemed to be able to do everything. Josh Brownell and didn't be signing from Barnsley on yeah. a free, was it? Yeah, uh, or was it a fee? Preston. I think he Preston, might have been on yeah. loan. At, yeah, was he on loan at Barnsley. And was yeah, like Preston, or vice versa. Yeah, that's when Johnson was um, manager at Barnsley, wasn't yeah. he? So he brought him down. So he was a real, real good signing for us, and. Um, in the best instances of Burnley. I've got a couple of friends who support Burnley and um, they've always been really, really, they've always spoken really, really well about him and, and I'm pleased he's back in the Premier League now. So how many goals was it he scored, Patch? So 17 goals, 161 appearances. Do you know, I, I think, prob- and I was going to say the biggest compliment and it's not really, but I think you only realised how good a player Josh Brownlee was when he left. Yeah. Um, and we all knew what a great player he was. I mean, what did he go for? Eight million or something like that? Yeah. Oh, or maybe it was even more than that. But we, we all knew what a good player he was. But I think when he left, you just realised what you were missing. Again, had that versatility, could play in the middle, played a lot on the right side. Um, but, you know, we, oh, I was certainly down. I think you were there. I don't think we were together together at the time and not in the Royal we together. together. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't go to the game together, I should say, but the, the goal against Cardiff was just oh, unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, I was watching what, that at home, actually. Were you right? Yeah, what a strike. Um, but very, very good player. As Tom said, you know, has gone on then to, to forge a really, really strong career at Burnley. He's been captain at Burnley, now playing in the Premier League. I think we all had hoped last season, early on, when they sort of came out of the Premier League, the um, other clubs, because Liverpool were rumoured to be interested in him, would come Brighton in. as I well, think, I think. Yeah, because I think yeah. we've got a fairly sizable um, sell-on clause. So we were kind of hoping that. But just just a really good pro. It was great to see him back at Ashton Gate. Um, one of the very, very few returning players that didn't get any kind of abuse whatsoever um, it was all very, you know, rightly got the the applause that he deserved. And he did a lap of honour as well. Didn't yeah, he? yeah. Just just a quality, quality footballer. And I think he will do really, really well next season, the Premier League under, under Vincent Company. Can I just mention that goal he scored against Charlton as well in the last minute? I can't remember what season it was. That's Casey but, um, Palmer. That's Casey yeah, Palmer's Casey pass, Palmer. right? yeah. Oh, my God. I was watching that over Rob, Robin Steve. I don't think I've... Yeah. Other than the Corey Smith goal, I don't think I've ever celebrated a goal like that. I just great, went absolutely great, great goal as well, Tom. Yeah, controlling, brought left it down. Finish. Yeah. yeah. Oh god. And at the time, I remember we really needed that win as well. Didn't yeah. We? I think that's probably rich. why my heart rate was. I was on a constant high. Through. I couldn't get to sleep that night. I was so excited. Yeah. <laughs> that. It was so good. Yeah. No. Fantastic. Right. Good shout. Okay. Into my number four. Uh, he's appeared already. On this uh, this top five in the in the in the defence, and that's Rob Newman, nineteen eighty one to nineteen ninety one. So uh, someone who has has again you know, sort of fallen foul of the of the classifications of his position, but the fact that he made uh, four hundred and eighty seven appearances, sixty one goals, um, sort of my my first central midfielder, I guess, and someone who you knew was going to be tough in the tackle, can score goals, can clearly defend as well, and was seen as, I don't know if he was captain or not of the team, um, might might have been 
sort of on and off. But he was definitely a captain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was definitely a captain at some point. But I bet he was someone who basically pulled everyone together. And actually, I listened to um, the Forever Bristol uh, podcast interview with with Gary Shelton and Rob Newman came up in conversation. And I think Gary Shelton said that he was someone who everyone looked to 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 pull everyone through and 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 lead by example. So, yeah, a great a great professional. And I think we said last last time that it was great to see him. Uh, doing well and and on the pitch celebrating West Ham's European success as well. So Matt Rob Newman, we've spoken about him already, but just uh, as a midfielder, yeah, Biff, what a player, and and came in in the really dark days. You know, we need to remember that. You know, eighty one, yeah, thrown um, into the team, really thrown, thrown into it. Um, so his first appearance, for those who don't know, was the game after the Ashton Gate eight, yeah, sixth uh, of February nineteen eighty two, home uh, against Fulham. And how old would he have been then? So sixth of February eighty two, and he was born in sixty three. So yeah, nineteen yeah, eighteen. Yeah, um, yeah, just a just a, a really really good player. Um, rightly, rightly, a, a kind of city legend. Um, obviously, part of that four hundred club, which is is very special for those players. Mm. But you know, came in as I said at a time where we needed really really good good pros. Um, and even at his young age, he was. And then obviously went on to have an even better career at Norwich. So yeah, um, and a nice bloke as well, Biff. Really, really good bloke. Yeah. Okay, we're going to go backwards now. We're going to go. Uh, we're going to stay with me and do my number three because that's Marvin Elliott. Um, and so I think I've already mentioned that he was my number three. And I back up to you, Tom. Your number three is Corey Smith, who's already been mentioned on this podcast as well. Yeah, Corey Smith, absolute Bristol City legend. I think it goes without saying. I can't mention Corey Smith without thinking of the Manchester United goal. Um, he was just, he's probably a midfielder that we need now, if that makes sense. You know, just like a little bit of a midfield general, someone who can break the ball up, get the ball and pass it forward. But just for that Manchester United goal, I, I have a statue of him. <laughs> it was up to me. I just absolutely loved it. I remember when I came down to Ashton Gate, um, I think it was, for the first time in a few seasons, it was the um, game after the first home game after um, the Manchester United game, and I was just absolutely buzzing. I was just looking at the goal, thinking, "God, I wish I was here for that." Cause it was <laughs> absolutely madness. And then when I came down later, uh, later on, I think it was the next season or so, and they had the big um, thing in the Lansdowne. Is it? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the mural. Just absolute Bristol City royalty for me, Corey. Yeah, I think obviously we've we've spoken about him already on the podcast, and he is absolutely he was part a massive part of of that Steve Cottrell team um, that uh, that won the double, um, and someone who will definitely be recognised by, if you like, your generation, uh, mm. Tom, as one of the greatest Bristol City midfielders, and quite right from Oldham. Yes, I yes. think that was right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, Corey Smith is a, is a, a great shout. Not in your top five though, Matt. Do you so know you've what? Got lo- you've got longer I, I, to look I, I, at. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised really. I have got a few more years exactly. Um, but I loved Corey Smith. Um, he would, he would definitely be, you know, probably would have been my, my six if that was the case then. Um, gutted when he left. I'm trying to think he was in charge when he left. Um, I mean, he's been older. I'm thinking Dean Holden. Yeah. I think it was because there was a little bit of um, it was a bit sour, wasn't it? The way yeah. he left. I think there was, you know, whether he was offered something or not. I think Mark Ashton was was very much still there then. 
um, you know, talking about what a great human he was, no doubt, and how you know he'd find himself another club. Um, but I, I was gutted that we let Corey Smith go when we did, and I think he would have absolutely provided something that season. And certainly for Dean Holden, he could have probably done with him being in the squad because, as Tom said, he was a proper general on the pitch. Obviously, suffered a number of injuries with us, um, and there was always real doubt with Corey that. You know, it was almost kind of the end of his career. And and again, we've seen vast improvements in our medical sort of situation. But, you know, I don't, he's not missed many games since he's then gone on to play for Swansea for a couple of seasons and now Derby. So you do kind of wonder whether it was the right time for him to go. Um, but yeah, just a great player. And I'm sure that goal will feature highly in the magic moments. So, yeah. It really was a magic moment. And it was almost an unbelievable moment. You just thought... How has that just happened? But we, it was a game that it's, we were massively in. Yeah, I mean, we deserve to win the game. It's not, it yeah. was no fluke. Um, the amazing thing is, and, I, and I've got it on the wall behind me, but <laughs> is when you look at the Man United team, and I've got a little picture, I can't take it off, but I've got kind of a Subutio-style um, picture of, of how the goal was scored. Um, I've know, got the same thing somewhere as well. Yeah, 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 yeah but I can't I've find got it here on the wall. Have you, oh, right, no, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, Luke Shaw played, Scott McTominay, Danny Blind, Pogba, Rashford, Ibrahimovic, Martial. Sessions. <laughs> but, you know, it wasn't a, a Man United team full of youngsters. This was, you know, pro- a proper team. And the goal, I mean, I, you know, I've, I've cried many a time at Bristol City. Um, I've got no, you know, that, that was for me just an unbelievable moment. You know, it was an out-of-body experience when that goal went in. And and obviously, wet the, the timing of it mm. made it, you know, you kind of thought, well, that's it, we've won the game. So, yeah, yeah he's always going to have a special place in Bristol City Hearts. Okay, right, Matt, your number three, 547 appearances, 43 goals. He's my number one. He's your number three. He's not on Tom's list at all. And that's Brian Tinia. Yeah, so I think Tins probably comes into the equation where some might have him yeah. wide and almost count him as I a winger. A winger yeah. <laughs> yeah, some, a winger some, might, some might count him as a winger, but... Um, He's on I'm the in, list but, of wingers but, as well. I'm, do you know what? I'm really looking forward to seeing who my top two are because for Tins... when remember. I was, <laughs> No, I can't. I honestly can't remember. Um, but when we started this, much the same way as, as last week with Lewis Carey, yeah. um, as we started this, I'm thinking, well, I've got Tins as number one. If Marvin Elliott was my four or whatever, Tins is going to be number one. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you sort of romanticise the, the goal at Liverpool. But, you know, to make that number of appearance, those number of appearances, I should say. Yeah. Um, but also then what he's, he's then gone on to do. Yes, we all know from a management point of view, um, it probably wasn't the right time for him. Um, it followed a, a, a very successful manager in Danny Wilson. Um, and so it's probably a little bit too early. I, I kind of, I wonder what might have happened if Tins had had a bit more time, maybe as an assistant, then stepped up. But, you know. It's, it's all worked it's, out all right in the end, is not it, it? Exactly, it's the old adage. And I don't think anyone now um, would you know, think that we're not in safer hands than we are with Brian Tinian in the role that he's currently playing. Um, legend of a man, you know, we've, we've got to speak to him numerous times on the podcast. Um, always, always happy to give up his time. Always happy to to meet and speak with fans. Um, just, just Mister Mister Bristol City alongside Scott Murray. You know, we've got two absolute legends in in big roles at the club. So, yeah. But but in terms of a player, just 
you talk about a bloke who played with Gaza, you know, so he, he grew up in that kind of era, but on the ball patch, what a passer of the ball. You know, we'd say about, he'd spot Scott Murray's run and Scott just knew that he could set off and that the ball would find him. The combinations, we talked with the fullbacks, the combinations with Darren Barnard, Mickey Bell, um, you know, Tins must have been, yeah, must have been a joy to play with. Um, and scored some some absolutely vital goals. None more so, I think, than um, obviously the Liverpool one, but I think he scored on his debut against the Gas with a penalty. Um, pretty sure it was his debut. If not, it was very early on. Yeah, um, very early on. His, so, debut, yeah. his debut was um, away at Swindon, and then I think was it, it the, right. the game after. Or game after, games yeah. After. But yeah, what a player, what a man. But yeah, the, the it's... It, if you're talking about top five passers, he surely would be number one. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's that almost telepathy that he developed with the likes of, as you said, Martin Scott, Jim Brennan, Darren Barnard, Mickey Bell is the, the one that stands out for me. Um, and yeah, he, I mean, you even played in goal for us he at did. one point. Yeah, he did. You're right. Um, so remember that yeah. goal that he scored as well, where I don't know if it was Peter Beadle rolled the ball back to and he flicked it up, flicked it up and followed yeah. it. Oh, what yeah. a goal! So I did a bit of a montage of of, of goals and moments um, when he celebrated his was it twenty five years um, yeah yeah twenty five years since he signed and uh, yeah just an absolute joy going back through and picking out those goals and there was one I think away at Stoke when he wore that horrible kit that he the green smashed in, in. Yeah, yeah from forty yards hit but the bar really, and bounced down really humble humble man patch as well isn't he. Um, yeah, just just a, a lovely bloke. Well, we could talk about Brian Tinian moments and goals. Um, obviously, the one moment that stands out for for most people is the the Liverpool game, um, and Glenn Pennyfather needs to get a mention there because <laughs> <laughs> he came on and almost almost took a bit of the shine off of uh, off of Brian Tinian. But uh, yeah, he, he's uh, it, it's funny that. I mean, I you know, I, I I watched us in the first division. I've seen I've seen us play and win against the likes of Liverpool and Man United. But when you've fallen like we fell, and you know, I, I was then really watching it to go to Anfield. It, it's so difficult to explain what an atmosphere it was like because bear in mind as well, we'd had two games before then against them. Mm. Um, you know, the floodlight sort of situation, drawing them both. Wayne Wayne Allison scoring, um, but Annie again. It, it, and that's exactly it, Patch. It was a side Liverpool, like I've just said with Man United, Ian Rush, you know, Nigel Clough, Johnny Jamie Redknapp, you know, Sessions. They were all there, weren't they? So, um, and it was just a magical night. And again, um, the 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 feeling at the end when Bristol City are being clapped off the pitch by the cop, um, it was just yeah, we'll we'll, we'll live long in the memory. Okay, right. Number two for Matt and for Tom. Um, we'll come to Tom first. Uh, Alex Scott. Can you Is remember him? Well? Can you remember <laughs> him? <laughs> That's the fact I put him in there. Oh. Yeah, Scotty for me, he's... I think, I think I'm going to talk about his potential, to be honest, because I've had a bet with my friend. I think we've said it on the pod as well that yeah. he, he's going to play for England and it's... It's a good bet as well. So if he does, I'll have a nice look, a couple of quid coming my way. But he's just, oh, he's just brilliant. I, I, I can't just, I can't just say one thing about him. He's just absolutely brilliant. The way he glides with the ball, the way he passes the ball. The only thing for me is, is that I hope next season, at the start of the season, if he's still with us, I think he really needs to hit the ground running and he needs to get a few more assists and a few more goals. 
But if he does get that, then I think, like we said earlier, the 30, 35 million pound um, fee is going to be really, really achievable for him. But he's just, he, he can play everywhere. He's played at right back. He's played, you know, in that um, defensive midfield role. He's played in the, in the 10. He's played as an eight. He's just fantastic. Matt. 91 appearances, six goals. Uh, the potential is huge. And that's kind of, I guess, why he's been linked to the to Premier League size for 25 million plus. Um, but t- Tom's right. He, 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 if and please hope that he does stay and plays some games, at least till January with us next season. Um, we need to see some more assists and more goals. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, I, I have to say, I think this was very much down to me being your guinea pig again. Um, because... <laughs> I love I love Alex Scott. Um, Alex Scott shouldn't be in my top five above Brian Tinian. Um, but in terms of where he is, Tins won't mind. I don't think. No, I don't think he will do. Absolutely not. But just in terms of, um, I, I suppose it. And again, Patrick goes back to what you've said in the way that we we've sort of all done this slightly differently. Alex Scott, absolutely like Tom said, is about potential. Um, you know, we we've we've talked on the podcast, and I've heard other podcasts. Um, and, and fans within our own little group say about Alex Scott being the best player they've ever seen um, and their favourite player. And, you know, other fans kind of challenge it. But but it, it's all about that. It's all about opinion. There's no doubt Alex Scott has got the capability to be one of the very, very best players in the Premier League. You know, he is 19 and has an unbelievable talent. I think... Um, if I was Alex Scott, I'd be working with Tommy Conway and whoever Tommy Conway was working with when he was off with his injury because he came back a little bit stronger, a little bit more upper body strength. And Scott is not weak by any stretch, but I just think, and probably naturally, um, as he develops as a man, he's, he's going to grow sort of slightly more than that. But what a player patch. I mean, you know, Tom said he, he glides across the pitch, mm. can pass the ball, um, but definitely needs more goals, more more assists in his game. And that might be the stumbling block and the difference between achieving the sort of money that they are talking about from a transfer fee. None of us really want him to go other than we recognise it would allow us to get a, a better squad from that point of view. You know, obviously the financial fair play element to it, but just an unbelievable talent. I mean, we, we have seen him making what we call key contributions to goals, yeah. not necessarily assists. Well, look at the Pres- Preston goal away. Oh, God, season. yes. You know. Yeah, so the way he sort of, he he almost pirouetted, didn't he? And then yeah. set whoever it was, Weiman, I think, off um, on it that was, move. Yeah. Um, but in the England under-20s uh, World yeah. Cup that's just, just happened, uh, he was deployed more as a defensive midfielder um, to, to sort of almost be the catalyst for, for attacks. So... I know we haven't seen well, obviously ninety-one appearances is quite a lot, but and we've seen him in multiple positions. Yeah, again that versatility thing, isn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, multiple positions, and just I just wonder if we yet know what his best position is, Matt. I think for for me, it's absolutely in in the midfield, and whether that's as you know part so of we, a, play, a, we play this four-two-three-one, don't we? Yeah, and he, and he, he's played that one, and he's played sort of again dependent on what of what's available. Um, slightly deeper than that. Alex Scott needs to be on the ball. Alex Scott needs to make things happen. Um, he's not a a range of passer in the way that Carl Naismith is. You know, it's it's that kind of that diag. He can, but you want Scotty running it teams. You know, look, yeah, look at what it was like at Man City. Instead of Naismith pinging the ball and yeah. you know finding him, he'll carry the ball all the way and then exactly. Lay it you off. know, he, 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 his dribbles. Um, 
And, you know, he, he played against Man City in the Cup this season and did not look at a place against Premier League opposition. Um, I've said it before, I, I genuinely would love to see him go to a top six team because I think playing with better players and with a top, top quality coach, and that's not to say that Nigel Pearson isn't and his coaching staff aren't, but, you know, at the very best, I think Alex Scott could be just unbelievable. I really do. Um and it will be interesting in the summer patch what happens. You know, not Nigel Pearson obviously is a very good judge of character um, and knows knows what it's about on football. And Nigel Pearson said very early on, this lad will play for England. So it, it will be somewhat of a surprise if he doesn't go on to fill it. I think the big difference with the likes of Alex Scott and, and the likes of Tommy Conway even, they're so mature in the way that they conduct themselves and the way they approach things. So I... I would be very, very surprised if Alex Scott doesn't go on to make it big time in the Premier League or yeah. abroad. Okay. All right. Time will tell on that one. So my number two and your number one, Matt, uh, played for City 1996 to 2005. He made 225 appearances, scored eight goals. Uh, another bit in the mould of Marvin Elliott, uh, who comes up in conversation a lot to say we need another one of it's these. Not, it's, it's not Neil Kilkenny, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Oh, right, yeah. Or or Liam Kelly. It's uh, yeah, yeah. it's Tommy Doc. Again, Saturday patch. I was thinking, God, have I missed Tommy Doc? Like, have I not put him in when when you were sort of saying about about tins? He's your number one. Uh, he's my number two. What what a character! What a defense! What a defensive midfielder can go forward as well scores goals uh breaks up the play yeah um a, a, a lovable character as well um had that long hair sort of as well that always sort of stood out um but yeah just when you speak about aggression and most of the time controlled aggression uh tommy doc springs to mind and someone who who hasn't come up on on our top three obviously um hartley Paul Hartley as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you could put them in similar moulds, but Hartley only was was only around for a, a much smaller amount of time. But uh, yeah, just go Tom, through the appearances and goals again for Tom. Tommy Doc, two hundred twenty five appearances, nine, uh, eight goals. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a real like ever present through two thousand and one to two thousand and four. He did have a, a bad injury during ninety nine and and two thousand. Um, but broke through, came through the academy, uh, well liked, well loved by everyone who's played with him, I'm sure. Um, and just someone, someone you want in your team, Matt, isn't he? Just, I mean, there, there is an element of sentiment with it as well because he's a, a local lad. Um, but Tommy Dot could play. Tommy Dot could could is is probably, and and I'll, there'll probably be a few listening that agree and a few that don't but it's probably the most like my favourite ever midfielder, and this is a, an age limitation, um, Jerry Gang. Tommy Dock, to me, reminds me the most of any other Bristol City midfielder since that time of Jerry Gang, and I'd be interested in comments on this podcast if other fans agree with me on that. Those well, I asked, I asked Neil Palmer to, to do this, and, right. and, he, and he did it um, for all time. Right, okay. And Jerry Gang was obviously his number one. Yeah, yeah. And and I think Jerry Gow would for for my era and and those that could go back to that 70s team. But and it was a successful team, so that comes into play like we've talked about some of the other players on the pods with the Steve Cottrell side. 
But Tom Tommy reminds me of, of Jerry Gay. He was relatively small in stature. He wasn't a big lad, Tommy. I mean, I don't know. Still is. What would Tommy be? Five five ten? <laughs> yeah, sorry, he's still with us. Yeah. As you say, Patch, could put his foot in, um, but could also play, was good on the ball, could pass the ball, um, had a decent strike on him. Probably should have scored more goals. Not I'm not surprised he's my number one in and and that's for a lot of reasons. Very, very good player. Very popular local lad. Um, yeah, I, I love Tommy Dock. Yeah. Tom, I don't know if you've uh, seen Tommy play early 2000s. I've, I've seen him play. I remember the name. The only thing that really, really struck me is um, by remembering him is that he was a local lad. Yeah. It's funny, Patrick. Well, I, 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 lo- I say local, local to you too, not local I, to me. Yeah, not local to you. It's, <laughs> it's funny because I, I still think of Tommy Dock. When you talk about Tommy Dock, you could think almost that he gave up playing four or five seasons ago. <laughs> Like he still feels that relevant in my mind from a, a Bristol City point of view. Yeah. Um, what was funny, I mean, a slight, slight sort of story is when we had the charity game, um, when was that season before last? Yeah. Um, and and Tommy played, and I was sort of assistant manager or assistant, assistant to, the manager. to the manager with Joe Sims. <laughs> and uh Tommy started in uh there was a lots of rolling subs because we had lots of players and stuff. So after about sort of 15 minutes or so, maybe slightly less, I said, Oh, Tom, you know come off and have a, a bit of a rest so he came off and then literally 10 minutes later I looked round to, to bring him back on and he sat in the stand already changed with a pint in his hand <laughs> and I was going Tommy I'm like looking to bring you back on no 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 I'm good gaffer I'm good <laughs> just, just a great bloke Patrick you know you know him personally as well I mean what a, what a legend of a lad and he yeah, absolute diamond of a man right okay so the only player left to talk about um is your number one tom and that is marlon pack oh thank god for that i was worrying i was going to put lee tomlin in <laughs> midfield <laughs> yeah i was petrified i was thinking oh no i hope i put tomlin in and i was thinking well if at least i put him in i'll put him because you know that loan period for in brackets yeah. or something but marlon pack is up there with my favorite ever bristol city player it's a toss-up between him and aiden flint uh for the 14 15 season double winners um and then just what he did in the championship for us as well. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. I've got a picture of me and him on my desk at home. So, oh, you know, my, my girlfriend very kindly um, put that in a love frame because when he was with us, it's all I talked about was Marlon oh, Pack. Um, brilliant. But um, it's just, yeah, just just the friendship he had with um, Aidan Flint as well, you know, in that 14, 15 season. You, you could just tell that season everyone was together. But specifically them two, you could tell that they was just good friends. You could see on the pitch. Um, I love some of the coach and what Johnson did, Lee Johnson did with him. Um, there was that video when there was in, was it Marbella when the um, he was mic'd up Lee Johnson? Um, I think it was pre-season. Yeah. And um, he was sort of telling um, Marlon, oh, do the, um, look one way, look the other way, then look sort of to your right and then pass the ball and do a through ball. And then I remember watching the game and then he did it. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I saw that in training. Oh, yeah. that training video. And I thought, now you mentioned it. I I'm trying to think that. where that, yeah, I'm trying to think yeah. what that, who that goal was against. We were, I, I don't know if we even talked about it, Patch, but mm. um, it was a hell of a goal. Wasn't it? And we talked, I'm sure we said about it being anywhere else in the world that would be talked about in the messy kind of context because it was that good and no look sort of pass, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And then I used, to, I used to have a bet every game. It was Marlon Pack to score first, Bristol City to win 3-1. And that only ever came in once against Birmingham. I can't remember. It was, I can't remember what season it was, but he scored a free kick. 
And, it, and then I thought, oh, here we go. And I think the odds were like 250 to one or something like that. And I always used to have a fiver on it for whatever game that game. Only put so it probably co- just yeah. about covered your, your lost bets. Yeah. <laughs> and for whatever reason, that game only put £2.50 on it. But it still <laughs> came in. But um, yeah, Marlon Park is definitely, definitely up there. My favourite Bristol City players. And I, I still follow him on Instagram and other social media. I just think he's just such a top bloke. He looks like he's a really, really good family man. And he's just really really comes across like a really, really good person. Yeah, good shout. Matt, obviously part of that double winning team, that team that's very special, I know, to to you and, um, you know, all City fans, but uh, you you sort of associate him with that team, don't you? Echo what Tom said. Uh, another player that, I mean, left, massive surprise, massive surprise when he left. Um, yeah. You know, the fact that he left for Cardiff as well. Um, but yeah, Lee... I think if you ask Lee Johnson, there'd be many things he probably regrets. I, I'd be surprised if, you know, Marlon Pack going wasn't one of them. Um, he was, I mean, he, he got known as that kind of American footballer quarterback kind of role, wasn't it? He would pick the ball up from the goalkeeper and then the ref would give a free kick for Amble. Um, But he would yeah, he'd get the ball from the goalkeeper, could pass, could shoot. Um, I will say with Marlon Pack, and it, it's funny, I'm, I'm going to name check someone now, Simon Quilter, who sits in front of me, um, in the South stand, Simon absolutely loved Marlon Pack. I'm sure if, if Simon was doing this, Marlon Pack would probably be his number one as well, because he was like almost anything Marlon Pack did, Simon would be out of his seat. And it, and it got a little bit like, Oh, come on, mate. He's not that, he's not that good. But actually he's another one that after he's gone, you realize just how good a player Marlon Pack was for us. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember, I remember being at a game. Um, I can't think what, what date did he sign Pack? Have you got that? So he, his first appearance was uh, 3rd of August, 2013. Right, so he would have been signed pre-season. So I must have been at a pre-season friendly or something, and he was in the stand. And I recognised him as a footballer, but didn't recognise him as you know, Marlon Pack from Cheltenham, um, but just knew, well, that's, that's got to be a lad we're looking to sign. And then when he came in, and as Tom said, that that team, the, the camaraderie that they had, just a, a very, very good player. And, I, and I'm sure Marlon would feature in lots of our top 10s, um, it'd be interesting to see where he features overall with everybody because again you've got that age mix and for Tom to have him mm. is his number one I absolutely can understand why from, from the era that Tom's really been you know looking at well yeah Tom's one of, one of the one of the youngest of, of, exactly. the, of yeah. the people surveyed he probably <laughs> uh, wouldn't he wouldn't be in the top five I wouldn't imagine Patch for many of the older age group mm. um, and that's not a reflection on Tom on Tom or on Marlon yeah it's a reflection <laughs> on you know we've seen obviously other midfielders but Again, listening to Tommy think, yeah, he was a really good player. Scored some yeah. big goals as well. Absolutely. Good stuff. Right. Let's get to the the Who the was your number one? Score. So mine was Tins. Tins. Right. Yeah. yeah. So um just to recap, so Matt, Bobby Hutchinson, uh Marvin Elliott, Brian Tinney, and Alex Scott, Tommy Dock, uh Tom, David Noble, Josh Brownhill, Corey Smith, Alex Scott, Marlon Pack, and me, Rob Edwards, Rob Newman. Marvin Elliott, Tommy Dock, and Brian Tinian. It's funny, isn't it? There's there's like single names in, in all of them there where, yeah, this is going to be interesting to see what shows how many good midfielders we've had. Well, exactly. So we've got on the the the, the scoreboard 18 midfielders. And, right. and it's going to be um we'll have to I'm sure we can pick out some ones that aren't on this list as well. Okay, so um it, 18th, Rob Edwards. Then David Rennie, 
Um, a player who obviously played in a few different different positions. Then Gary Hours um, has come up as well. Cole Skuse, who uh, obviously local lad and played a lot of, of games. Played a lot of games for Bristol City. Um, Did he come through the academy schools? Yes. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I, I I I hope he does return to Bristol City in some capacity as well um, in the future. <clears throat> I think he's now manager of. Who is it? Like it's um, near non, to um, non-league team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Near, um, oh, it's not the one that Jamie O'Hara was managing, was it? It's, it's near to Colchester, Ipswich, that sort of area, isn't it? Yeah, which is quite a way away from like his home. Um, I Ferry, Ferry. Oh, yeah, Barry, so it's it? not. It's yeah, Berry Town. Think, yeah, it's Berry Town. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's not Berry FC. Berry Town. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the fact that he kept he kept playing um, and has only just stopped playing at the age of thirty-seven. Um, I think he's, he probably sees that more as his, his hometown now, mm-hmm. his home sort of area rather than Bristol, because he's been there for quite a few years now, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, I think he's in the 300 club, Cole Skews. I'm just going to... 279 according to Wiki. That's just league games though, isn't nah, it? league games, is it? Uh, so he made 307 appearances oh. in total. Okay, moving up the list, then we've got... Oh, Matt, is that your hot, yellow kit that's hot, arrived? Hot, hot off the press, the yellow kit. Oh, we've got an, a, a live unboxing <laughs> on Three Peeps in the Podcast. Yeah, um, it's, um, it's a, a quality-looking kit, it has to be said. Have you got um, Conway 37 on the back? No, no numbers yet. No, no, oh, numbers. no Conway 15, Con- isn't it? Conway 15. There we go. There you go. Nice. See, yeah. I love that. I love the design. It's just the badge for me. Now, do you know the other thing as well with the badge, which I don't know if you can see. Is it embroidered. It's, it's embroidered on. Mm. Right. Okay. And I don't know. I don't know if that adds to it or detracts from it. To be honest with you, but it's not oh. as bad. It's not as bad up close as it looked mm. like. But it's just got... a bit strange having that robin on the back. Yeah. Would have probably worked. Yeah. Right. We don't have. We haven't got. The, the proper badge that all that time was spent on. Mm. Oh, we have, sorry, it's on the back, yeah. But that, that should have been on the front and the other one on the back, but... I think that's what they did with the orange kit last season, because that was called the Robin kit, wasn't it? And then I think they put the um, Robin that's on the front this season on the back, and then they had the um, City badge. That, then that Robin going across the back, a bit like, you know, some people have a tattoo on tattoo. Across, yeah, yeah, yeah. across their yeah. back. Mm. Um, that might have worked, might it? But... Yeah. But it's um, obviously, you know, with, with Three Peeps bonus show sponsor, Habu on the front, you know, you can't go wrong. So, Can you see the pinstripes on it, Matt? Quite well, the yeah, green, yeah. yeah you, you, you can up close. And mm. actually, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's That's not bad. And, and they've got, I've just got embroidered in the neckline as well, Bristol City. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Nice. Right, back to the top five. Um, so we did call Skews. Then it's David Noble, who we've discussed then it is Wade Elliott, who um, hasn't been obviously discussed on this podcast. And Matt, Wade Elliott, one oh, thing that... that stands out for me, um, obviously the fact that he was captain in our most successful season in recent times. And do you remember when he scored an own goal and then literally ran up the other end and scored <clears throat> in the right net? Trying that to think for who me, that was against, yeah. That for me was just a magic moment of... Um, and I actually almost made it into my top five magic moments because it had a real impression on me of someone who wanted to put a wrong right. 
I think Wade Elliott was one of those players, a, a little bit like Wilbs, that that the experience that they brought to that that team, they were key sort of members of it. But Wade probably wasn't the most, you know, he wouldn't have been everyone, he wasn't a fan's favourite from the point of view of some of the other players that were in there. And that's not to say he wasn't. But that day, as you said, Patch, he got some real stick for that goal. Um, and you thought, you know, how's he going to react? And what a reaction. Um, so it was either... Plus was ca- the captain. I, w- I want to say MK Dons. I don't think it was MK Dons. What? So it was either Preston or MK Dons. I think it was MK Dons. Okay. Yeah, I think it was MK Dons. Might be wrong. Might be wrong. Um, but yeah, a, a, a magic moment, that one. Um, well, what I mean, can you see the goals from that game? What were the minutes? Because it was literally... Well, yeah, Elliot scored in the 74th minute. Yeah, what was the MK Don's goal? Can't see that. Ah, right, okay. All right. Preston. Just looking at the short bit of commentary. No, didn't say. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those those games. But, yeah, it's definitely stand out for me, nonetheless. Yeah, so Wade Elliot rightly takes a place in this list. Then we've got Marlon Pack after, after him. Then we're up to Corey Smith. So Corey Smith is in 10th place. Then Paul Hartley. We've spoken yep. about Paul, Paul Hartley briefly. Um, wasn't around very long, but sort of came in after Tommy Dock and you there were similarities with the way the way they sort of played, the way they looked, everything there. And I remember Paul Hartley pinging balls around and and uh, yeah, was certainly made an impression. Then Bobby Hutchinson, Matt. So you see, you brought up Bobby Hutch, and then yep. Rob Newman. Then someone who we briefly mentioned. That's Gary Shelton. So Gary Shelton uh, was was a player who hang around for sort of four years, I think. Um, Might have been longer than that, actually, Patch. Yeah, and again, one of those players, a bit like Rob Edwards, who who you guarantee were guaranteed to put a shift in. Um, and came up with some some really important goals. Part of one of the great Bristol City teams, alongside the likes of Taylor and Jakonowski. So yeah, Shelton was with us for five seasons, uh, 180 appearances, 27 goals. Uh, which for a midfielder, 27 goals, you know, is uh, nothing to be sniffed at. Into the top five, number five is Josh Brownhill. Uh, number four is Brian Tinian. Number three, Alex Scott. Number two, Tommy Dock, and number one, Marvin Elliott. Yeah, which, um, yeah, so what was it, number five? So Brownhill, Tinian, Scott, Doherty, uh, and Elliot. Elliot, yeah, so I had four out of five. Right. What's your name, Rob? Interesting what Rob Blaine we got, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what, though, Patch? I've, I've just looked, and there are so many other midfielders as well that haven't oh. even been mentioned there. I mean... Obviously, some key ones that, you know, from the, that earlier era that we've talked about, the Jerry Gays, um, but also the likes of Trevor Tainton, um, you know, what what player Trevor was. But just in some of the other names, Steve Galliers. Now, I don't know if you were of an age, yeah, Steve Galliers. Steve Galliers. He was quite a terror in the tackle, oh, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, proper little hard man, Steve Galliers. Can you remember Graham Roberts, the centre-half who played for Tottenham? Yeah. So Graham Roberts once said about Steve Galliers that he was the, the hardest player he'd yeah, ever played I heard against. someone else tell you that recently um, as well. Steve McLaren, obviously, um, Andy May, you know, you, you've, you've obviously on, on the podcast. Yeah. Andy, Andy, Andy should have featured 
in someone's kind of list because he was that good a player. But it, again, when you do a top five, if you do a top ten, most of these are going to be there, aren't they? But, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my top five. There's there's longevity in yeah, all yeah, of my yeah. five: Tinian, Docks, yeah. Elliot, Newman, Roberts. Uh, sorry, but, Ed, Rob Edwards. You know, we, we talked talked about Marvin Elliott, but Khalifa Cisse was that kind of mod, you know that that style of yeah, midfielder as well. Didn't play many games though, did he? Uh, 60-ish. Okay. Uh, I'm saying 60-ish. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a number now. All right, okay. Uh, Khalifa Cisse. Here he is. So he... 62. Fair play. There you go. I'm looking at Wikipedia. And it says ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so you've got them. Um, Joe Burnell. You know, another local lad. And I know... Never heard of him. A, a friend of yours. But Joe as well, you know... Um, local lad, you know, played in a lot of positions as well, but with midfield. Luke Wilkshire. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, and there's another name that probably has more of a um, a connection, <laughs> but was a midfielder, Lee Johnson. Of course. You know, now, course. now I really, really like Lee Johnson as a player, mm. but I think I'm probably in a, a fair minority, I would think, from that point of Didn't view. Didn't he suffer a little bit from being Gary's son? I think so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, again, I don't know, you, you'd have the figures, but according to this, 199 appearances in total. So, you know, Lee, Lee, Lee played a lot of games um, over that And, and you know, we famously were recording, Matt, when he got let go exactly. as, as manager. And we both were quite emotional because yeah, as, a, as a Bristol City player and someone who clearly loved the club, um, we just wanted him, someone like him, to succeed. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Um, 199 appearances, level there goals. Go. Luke Wilkshire. Yeah, Aussie. Yeah. Um, uh, good player. Good player. How about um, Nick Carl? Nicky Carl as well, which, I mean, Nick Carl was one of those that, I mean, um, Tom talked about the David Noble goal at Palace. Obviously, Nick Carl played there. Mm. And obviously, uh, did he go on to sign for Palace? Did he leave yeah. us for, for Palace, Nick Carl? Yeah, we came from... Do you know, think... How many appearances do you think Nick Carl, without looking... I, don't, I can't see him on this list. Um, well, it makes me think he was only there with like a season and a bit. So I would probably go something like 35, 40. 20. Is that all? Yeah. Wow. But he did get to Palace as well, Matt. Did he? Yeah. yeah. yeah he's, in, was... he's in that sort of, some of those memorable games that makes you yeah. think he must have played more than that. Yeah. Um, and then you've got players again before your era. Jimmy Mann. So Jimmy Mann, absolutely. Um, Garrett Mayer as well, who was a a, um, a Dutch player. What a shot he had on him. Um, only played sort of the, the one season, I think. Um, another player, Perti Jantuin, um, I thought was more of a forward, but they've got him as a midfielder here. But yeah, and, and Martin Cool as well, Patch. Of course. <laughs> and, and do you know what? I, it, and it's funny, when you, when you talk right at the start of the pod about McCrory, for the love of God, surely we're going to have what's the story? Ross McCrory has to be the song, doesn't it? I mean, well, I can't. I think Tom's been scouring the uh, internet trying to find songs from Ross McCrory. <laughs> Got to be Tom, and can there be a better yeah. one than "What's the Story"? Ross McCrory. I, I can't see one, I but I, I, I love the Martin Cool Wonderwall. After yeah, all, you're my Martin all. Cool. Yeah. So you know, it's do, do you know, it's, and that's, I think with football, that's one of the things I remember being at the Vetchfield, Swansea, and that being sung. Um, and I don't know when that would have been, what year. Um, but just love the fact that they were singing this Wonder War about Martin Cool. So yeah, yeah. Um, Paul Marden, 
more of a defender than a midfielder. More of a defender. He yeah. obviously was getting forward for that. Yeah, he, 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 well, he played midfield against Forest. Yeah, absolutely. But no, yeah. he was a centre half. Paul. What about? Um... Oh no, he's not. He's Matty not Hewlett. Matty Hewlett. Yeah. Yeah. Alex Russell. Yeah, I'm chopping very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goals. Didn't he score the goal at Roth- against Rotherham as well that last game of the yes. season? Yeah, yeah, got yeah. the first, I think, didn't he? Some great pictures of uh, of him scoring that goal. Um, what do yeah. you two say? There's anybody who has played for us over the past in centre mid over the past two seasons who has the potential to be in the top five? Like in say we do this list again in other other than Scott. Yeah, I mean, what in the in the midfield? Yeah. Say we do this list again in five, ten years' time, I mean, for example. If Matty James has another good season. But Matty James, I think Matty James would be a kind of... Um, I think he'd be a name. A Wade but, Elliott yeah. or someone that, that might, from an era now, if, mm. if fans, this is when they're really starting to watch it, would. Joe Williams, you know, I think we all, we all think Joe's got the potential and should be, and we love his character. But no, I don't. I don't think they would, Tom. I don't think they would at the mm. moment. Other than Scotty, like we said. Mm. Okay. Um, obviously, we've mentioned Jerry Gaumat. Obviously, he, he would be arguably in lots of people's. I, th- top, I think top five. I think Jerry Gay would probably rank. If you I'm did, just gutted that I never seen him. Never yeah. Seen if him you play. if you did fans, I mean, I'm I'm I was born in seventy, um, and I'm fifty three. So if you if you had that as your cut off, so nineteen seventy is a a nice round figure. Um, I would think Jerry Gay would be number one in lots of fans for their favourite all-time player, um, let alone midfielder. Just an unbelievable player. And again, if Jerry played in, well, actually, he'd probably spend most of the time um, being suspended. Um, but <laughs> it, what a player! What an, an unbelievable player Jerry Gay was. Yeah, yeah. We could go on and on. Um, I'm sure more players will come back and uh, some feedback from the centre-backs one. We missed out Mark Hazelwood uh, and we also missed uh, John McFell, who John Matt, McFell. there was some, some news about yesterday. Do you want to give us a... Yeah, I um, saw a post from from, from Neil um, for the former Players Association. Um, John had a, a bad fall um, going back a number of months now. I think he fell, fell down the stairs at home or, or something. Um and was was very seriously ill in intensive care for quite a while. Um, so saw footage yesterday of him, a, a photo um, with Eric Gates and was it Gordon Armstrong, yeah, um, two two of the players that he played for at Sunderland. But John McFell, I mean, you're you're both well, Tom definitely is too young, and and you you'll have heard the name mm. patch, but we probably mm. won't have seen him play. But he played in that second Wembley final alongside David Moyes, um, Mansfield, and he. He had, John McFell had the looks of like George Michael from the Faith album. Um, he had that stubble and just a really, yeah, a, a proper looking sort of bloke, um, but a, a very good defender, but wasn't with us for very long, maybe a couple of seasons. Um, 37 appearances. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Wasn't with us for very long, but good, good player. And obviously we wish him well, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Look at that. There you go. So yeah, good looking boy, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Well, hopefully, yeah, hopefully um, he continues to make make good recovery. Um, right. So next week, we're going to go to wingers, uh, which is going to be an exciting one. Not as many people to talk about because wingers are sort of, um, is it, would it be fair to say, a dying breed, Matt? 
they're a dying breed now in terms of tra- <laughs> traditional wingers. Yeah, but but like Tom said, you know, the likes of Tins will probably feature in some players. So you, I suppose it's what you determine as a winger. Is a winger like we would think about, and, and um, without spoiling, there will be names, I think, from the era of the group that we've got. Mm. I think the top five there, I don't think we'll have 18 players that we're talking about. No, no, I'm but looking at But you've got, at, you've got at wingers, and, you know. And there are a limited number. Yeah, traditional outside the, the defender to Take the, on the defender, yeah. yeah put a cross in yeah. but you also had wide players which is where someone like tins comes into it yeah yeah no exactly right good stuff we'll leave it there um anything else to to cover off from you matt good good timing for tom a minute cricket's just about to start <laughs> happy days can I just make yeah. a quick plug if that's all right, Pat? Yeah, of course you yeah. can, mate. Um, I'm planning on as long doing as it's it. not for Carly. Yeah, yeah it's no, not no, for no. Carly Black Label. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, start of October, I'm doing a ten k uh, run. I'm doing it for oh, Cro- I'm doing it for Crohn's and Colitis. I've got a lot of people in my family who suffer with that, unfortunately. Mm. Um, I'm hopefully going to get the details out. So when I do put something out, if um, people can either retweet it or if they can uh, make a little donation, that'd be very very much appreciated. I'll tell you what, Tom, you know, we, as we always say, we, we don't do this podcast for any, any monetary return, but if you, if you like this and enjoy this, we will never charge you for it. But now and again, we'll ask for a little donation towards something. And, and obviously, yeah, Tom will, will support that. And that can be the, that can be the tip pot if you like. So uh, make sure you give us a shout and don't forget to tag us on Twitter at 3PIAPC and we will uh, definitely share that one for you. I'll stick up my vest. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Brilliant. Right. Good stuff. Thank you, everybody. Who knows um, what the what the next week holds, Matt, in terms of maybe one more signing. If it's Jason Knight or not, I don't know. What are you thinking? Jason Knight, there seems to be growing interest there, doesn't it? So it'd be a, a surprise if not. Um, I don't know. So is fixture release day next Thursday? Next Thursday, yeah. All next about Thursday. to talk about next week. So we'll have, we'll have, we can go through that, can't we? But... Um, yeah, I mean, again, lots will depend on Scott, Callas. Um, I'm not sure when the players are back in. Um, I see the the City women are back in already. I saw Burnley are back in. Yeah, they were back in like five months ago, weren't they? Which, I mean, I, I have to say, <laughs> I, I love that fact. I love the fact that companies like we're, we're in the Premier League, we need to really yeah. be stepping up. So I'm, I'm hoping that they'll be back in possibly week after next you know mm. just i know they've got programs but yeah it would be good to to blood the new lads in and yeah see where we go i'm really loving the um the uncut stuff and you sort of you go in and you see rob atkinson there work, working hard on both yeah both videos that i've seen um sam bell was in on the weights in one of yep. them um and yeah and there, well there's also some some noise around uh wilson king wilson <laughs> Yeah, so so something Bristol Life sort of put out was um yeah there's there's interest in him and, and I think we're probably all realistic to sort of recognise I'm not I'm not sure where Kane gets into this side at the moment, which is uh, you know when I think back, you know I, I it sounds so stupid I know where I was when I saw the Kane Wilson reveal, um you know it was such a good reveal as well when you're talking about the the media stuff that was brilliant yeah and yet he played what two games last season. Yeah. Um, so I mean, if, yeah. if we do play three five two, the you'd right have a wing with... back role. Yeah, would suit him, wouldn't it? Would suit him. Obviously, you have got Tanner there, who's come in and a bit more into going forward after being sort of initially thought of as a a right fullback. Um, obviously, Ross McCrory can play as as right wing back as well. But 
Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to just see him as an option. See him given some time. At least, I mean, well, pre-season, last season, he was flying, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, we were both um, very impressed with him, weren't we? So, to be fair yeah. to him as well, it looks like he's, from his Instagram anyway, he's been absolutely smashing the CrossFit and smashing the gym. Yeah. So it looked like he's been trying to get fixed. I think that was a little bit of a criticism from um, yeah. Nigel Pearson saying that he wasn't very fit. So he looks like he's been trying to get fit at least. Yeah, and the thing no, is as well, we, what we do know with Nigel Pearson is you can be out of the thoughts and then put yourself in the, you know, in the, the thoughts as the we did with, with Zach Banger. So that's yeah. what I really, really like about Nigel Pearson. He's just, yeah. I'd, I'd, if, I, if I was a professional footballer or even in my job, I'd love him to be my sort of man. That's the sort of management I like. Well, you, like you just want to impress him, don't you? I guess mm. you want to be impressed. Right. We'll leave it there. Plenty of sight as always the shucks with whiskey fall. Don't forget to follow us over on Twitter at three P I A P C. And we'll be back next week. Take care, everyone. Cheers, Tom. Cheers, Lovely. all. Have a good week. Cheers, Cheers Matt. Bye, mate. Bye, Bye for now. I'm drifting along it's a one-way road Just like the tumbleweed Or a standing stone Far away from the city call I find myself on a
I'm turning into a 